check out my new book, Coping Courageously, a heart-centered guide for navigating a loved one's illness without losing yourself. It's appropriate for you as a clinician, for your patients, and for anyone you know who has a seriously ill loved one or an aging parent. Check it out and tell a friend. Welcome to the Integrative Palliative Podcast. I'm Dr. Delia Caramonti. This podcast is for physicians who take care of patients with serious illnesses like cancer, dementia, advanced renal, cardiac, or neurologic disease. We are all about patient and family well-being, but also medical team and physician well-being. You'll learn things to help you heal your patients and yourself, and I am really glad you're here. Let's get started. Welcome to the Integrative Palliative Podcast. I'm Dr. Delia Caramonti, and I'm so glad you're here. Today, we're going to talk about giving bad news. Sometimes physicians may think, oh, that's not really for me. You know, I'm not an oncologist. But the truth is, this happens in almost every specialty that we may be in the position to give bad news in pediatrics and gynecology, in the ER for sure. So, this is really appropriate for most physicians. Every now and again, we're going to have to give bad news. And in some specialties, we give bad news fairly often. I've had people say to me, oh, you're so good at that. Like it's somehow a quality of me as a person. But the truth is, it's not. This is a learnable skill, just like all the other skills that you learned. So I'm going to give you my tips, 10 tips for giving bad news in a way that seems like you're just naturally good at it. So the first thing is to set the stage. It really does make a difference trying to have a a bad news conversation when the wrong people are there or there's no tissues for someone who's crying or it's really loud is not ideal. I do recognize that sometimes maybe in the emergency department, you may not have the ideal scenario, but do the best you can. Make it seem as quiet as possible, seem as private as possible, bring tissues, that is important. But probably the most important thing is to check and make sure that the right people are there. So you can say, I'd like to have an important conversation about your health. Is there anybody else that should be part of this conversation? And, you know, maybe the the spouse stepped out to go get lunch, or maybe there's somebody, a, a daughter that you can call on the phone or that you could FaceTime. So check in that the right people are there. So set the stage. Is it quiet? Are there tissues? Are the right people there? Set the stage. That's number one. Number two, a lot of people miss this one is to ask what they know, because they may know a lot or they may have no idea what you're about to say. And it helps you target your counseling if you know what they know. And how do you know what they know? You ask them. So you say something like, before we get started, what's your understanding of what's happening for you? Or what's your understanding of what's going on with your kidneys? Or what's your understanding of what the cardiologist thinks is going on with your heart? So try to get a sense of where they are. Do they know that bad news might be coming or do they have no idea at all? So, you know, someone might say, oh, I got a biopsy and we're waiting for the results to see if I have cancer. Okay, like, great. If they say that, it's like, okay, they're on the same page with me. They know where we're going. But they may say something completely different from that. They may say, well, the cardiologist came in and said that my EKG from today was better. And and maybe that's true, but maybe that's not the big picture. So that person doesn't know that you're about to say some bad news. So 
make sure that you ask first. So first, you're going to set the stage. Second, you're going to ask what they know so you know where to start your counseling. Number three, and don't skip this one, ask permission. Ask permission to have this conversation. It's respectful of the person and it also engages them and makes it feel less assaulting, like we are just throwing information at them. So for example, you might say, I would like to discuss your medical condition and what's been going on. Is that okay? Or I have the results of your biopsy. Would it be okay if I shared those with you right now? And it gives the patient the opportunity to have some control. Like maybe they would say, I just need to go to the bathroom first. Or let me call my husband if that's okay. So it engages them and gives them a little bit of control, which is really important. So set the stage, ask what they know, ask permission to have the conversation, and then fire a warning shot. So throw out something that tells them something bad is about to come. A warning shot can be a phrase like, I have some difficult news to tell you, or things didn't turn out quite as we had hoped they would. So fire a warning shot, let them know something bad is about to happen. It gives them, even if it's just 15 seconds, a little bit of time to prepare for what you're about to say. And then number five, you're going to say it. You're going to say the bad news, but use clear words. Don't say, for example, your biopsy was positive. Because for some people, the word positive seems like a good thing, and they may not understand what you're saying. Don't say something like, your child has a tumor and needs to see an oncologist, because some people won't know what that means. I actually had a patient once who was told something like that and went to the hospital where they told her to go and the elevator opened and it said Children's Cancer Center and she fell to the ground screaming because nobody had told her that her child had cancer. They told her her child had a tumor and she didn't know what it meant. She didn't know what it meant that she was going to see an oncologist. So this is such important information. Be sure, sure, sure that you're using words that your patient is understanding. Don't say something like, there's a new mass in your liver, but your potassium is better. I hear so many people give bad news like that. It feels terrible to give bad news. Nobody wants to give bad news. So they try to sweeten it, sandwich it a little, you know, by saying, well, but your potassium's better. But the problem with doing that is that the overall message gets muddied. The family or patient wants to hear something positive. So they may perceive what you're saying as, well, it seemed like maybe something was better when really what you're trying to say is your cancer has spread to your liver. So be really careful not to try to sweeten something bad with something good but irrelevant. Like if there's a new cancer in your liver, it doesn't matter so much what your potassium is. Okay, don't say something vague like things aren't looking so good because people don't know what that means and they will translate that into whatever they want it to mean. If what you're trying to say is, I believe your mom is dying, then you have to say, I believe your mom is dying, and I'm so sorry. Be so thoughtful not to use vague phrases like, 
it's not looking so good or things seem to be going in a bad direction. People don't know what you're saying when you say words like that. So you got to say the words. You can say words like, I wish things were different, but I believe that your mom is dying. I'm so sorry. Or his cancer is growing, which means that the chemotherapy that we've been using isn't working. And I'm really sorry to tell you that. So say the words. If the cancer is worse, say the cancer is worse. If the person is dying, say the person is dying. Okay, so far, we're going to set the stage, make sure the right people are there. Ask what the patient knows. We're going to ask permission to have the conversation, fire a warning shot, and then use really clear words to give the information. And then number six, we're going to allow silence. And it's hard. We just want to fill that silence right up, right? But when you say something really difficult and the patient isn't speaking, and maybe their eyes are filling with tears and they're looking towards the ground, just allow some silence. It's okay. Okay, allow some silence. The patient may speak first. If they don't, it's okay for you to speak first, but make sure you allow some space first. So number seven is when you do speak again, don't talk too much because they won't remember almost anything of what you say. So if you think you're going to explain now all the possible treatments for the cancer and that they're going to remember that next time, please be aware that they are not going to remember most of what you say. So you can say it if they want to hear about it. You can ask them, do you, do you want me to tell you more about the specifics right now or do you want to save that for next time? But just be aware that if you talk a lot, most of what you say, they will not remember. Which brings us to number eight, write down the things that are really important. So if there's something you really want them to know, want them to remember, want them to be able to bring home to talk to their loved ones about, you should write it down. So maybe write down the diagnosis and then the key follow-up information. You know, what's the diagnosis and who are they going to see next or what are they going to come back into your office to do and when? Number nine, strategize what they're going to do right now. This is to help them cope. So when they leave your office, what are they going to do? And you can specifically ask them. So you can say, this was a really tough conversation that we had, and I want to make sure that you're supported. So let's talk for a moment about what you're going to do when you leave here and try to get them to make a plan. Like, will they call a loved one? Will they go home and take a shower? Will they go cuddle on the couch with their dog and watch a movie? Like, what are they going to do when they walk out of your office door? Because people are so shell-shocked sometimes, and they, they don't have a plan for what's next. And it can help them cope to say, okay, I'm going to go home, I'm going to call my sister, I'm going to take a shower, and then I'm going to cuddle in bed and watch a movie. And then number 10, make a clear follow-up plan. So don't leave them out there and be like, oh, we'll, you know, we'll call you sometime in the next couple of weeks. Make, make it as clear as possible. You're going to call and make an appointment with a cardiologist or our nurse will call you by Friday to schedule your teach session. Tell them exactly what's going to happen next because a big part of their coping is to have a plan. 
And if they don't have a plan, their coping will be worse. So give them some plan, whatever it is, so that they have something to hang on to. Okay, I'm going to review them. 10 things that can make the experience of giving bad news better for the patient and therefore also better for us. So number one, set the stage. Number two, ask what they know before you start saying anything. Number three, ask permission to have this conversation. Number four, fire a warning shot before you say the bad stuff. Number five, say the bad stuff, but say it as clearly as you possibly can. And don't fill it with a bunch of words that just confuse the situation. Be as clear as you possibly can. Number six, allow silence after you've delivered the bad news. It's okay for you guys to sit in silence for 20 seconds, 30 seconds, even 45 seconds. It's okay. And it can, and it's helpful. Number seven, when you do talk, don't talk too much. Tell them what they need to know right now, but they probably won't remember most of what you say, so don't talk too much. Number eight, write things down that you really need them to know. Number nine, strategize with them about what they're going to do as soon as they leave your office. Give them an immediate plan. Where will they go? Who will they call? What will they do to help get through this next several hours? And then number 10, make a follow-up plan so they can hang on to that one thing. Like next week, I'm coming back for a teach session or next week, I'm going to see the liver doctor. Okay, try it. Try these things. And if it feels, if the whole thing feels overwhelming, probably the most important things are to start out asking what they know, ask them permission to have the conversation and fire a warning shot and be really clear. So if you if you can't remember all of it, remember that. Before we start talking, I just want to get a sense of what's your understanding of what's happening for you. Okay, I got it. Now I would like to talk to you about what I found out from your lab results. Would that be okay? Great. This is going to be a difficult conversation. I have some tough news for you. It turns out that your biopsy showed a cancer. So your homework this week is to try it. You will probably have some kind of bad news to give to some patient over the week. It doesn't have to be a huge thing, but these same techniques work. So try it out this week and let me know how it goes. Send me an email, dcaramonti at integrativepalliative.com. I'd like to know how it goes. Thank you so much for listening. It really means the world to me. I'm so glad you're here. And please tell another physician about this podcast because I would love to spread the word. Thanks so much. Have a great week and I'll see you next Thursday. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Integrative Palliative Podcast brought to you by the Institute for Integrative Palliative Medicine. If you find value in this podcast, please do two things for me. Number one, share with a colleague. This is how we spread the word and I really need your help. And number two, please do leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. It would really mean the world to me. You can find me at integrativepalliative.com and also on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter. Come find me, reach out, send me an email, and come check out on the website our upcoming physician training programs. It's been great to have you here, and I'll see you next Thursday.